You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn on there. of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. And of course, you can find my co-host, Mr. Dennis Bennett, at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. With us, the Fantasy Football Roundtable, there are a dozen other great podcast and fantasy football content with this network. You have Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto of Sirius XM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, the IDP Tipsters, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and many, many others. And you can check all of those out on FullTimeFantasy.com. It is worth a shot if you guys are looking for all your fantasy advice and great content in one place. That is where to get it. For today's episode, we are going to do a, you know, a little bit of everything. We'll continue talking about some of the breaking news. We've got different storylines going into preseason week two, which starts tonight. Cannot wait. Should be awesome. Uh, there's a game that I'm really looking forward to tonight that I'm hoping we will be done recording in time for me to watch from the beginning because I think it's going to be awesome. And then, of course, we are going to finish out our top 15 ranked offensive trios. That's right. Offensive trios. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Who are the best? In the last episode, we gave our ranked 32 through 16 offenses. Dennis, myself, and then the nerd herd consistency rankings based out theirs as well. All three of us coming up with a very different set of rankings today we will finish those up so without further ado let's get dennis on here let's talk some news and then let's talk about some of those trio rankings Hello. what's going on dennis thank you again for joining me today how are you doing on this fine thursday afternoon man i am so excited for week two of preseason football if for no other reason than we're one week closer to the regular season i'm right there with you man i'm, I'm actually kind of surprised i've been uh, paying a little bit more attention to some of the news uh here as of late noticing that a lot of people are actually going or a lot of people a lot of teams are actually going to be playing their starters for possibly an entire quarter today 
or this weekend, and I am excited about that. There's a, As I just talked about in the open, there's a couple games that I'm really excited for. One of them that comes on tonight that I'm really excited to watch and see uh, how possibly a, a new uh, top fantasy quarterback might play in his second, uh, second outing. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, for starters, as we mentioned uh, here a couple times, this is week two of the preseason, and there's quite uh, a lot of games on tonight. Not quite as much as last week. I believe there was 11 games on Thursday night last week. Uh, we have just um, six games on tonight with the Oakland Raiders at the Arizona Cardinals being featured on ESPN. So I'm sure a lot of people will tune into that game. I know I will be, uh, as I really want to see what Kyler Murray can do this second week into the offense. If they run anything more game planish, I feel like that was not necessarily the, the way that they're going to have him play in the regular season with his just quick throws and everything. I could be wrong, uh, but I, I'm hoping to see a little bit out of that or a little bit more out of him in this offense. So the games you've got going tonight, Philly at Jacksonville, the Jets at the Falcons, the Bengals at Washington, Green Bay at Baltimore, which should also be a very interesting game because Matt LaFleur has come out and said that Aaron Rodgers and that offense, the first team offense, will be playing the entire first quarter. That is one of the teams that will be playing their starters the entire first quarter. So I'm interested to see how that offense runs. And then, of course, Oakland at Arizona. If you had to tune into one of those games tonight, Dennis, which one are you turning into? Well, if I if I have only one... Um... You know, it's probably, boy, it's a tough one because I really, I'd like to take a look at Baltimore. I want to see if Lamar and Andrews still have that connection. Uh How are they going to use Mark Ingram? Is Ingram going to get 600 carries this season? Uh, I also, I'd love to, you know, I want to see what's going to happen with the Bengals. What's that Zach Taylor offense look like? Is it time to go out and get Auden Tate or Josh Malone uh, with with, uh, A.J. Green out? Uh, how's Dwayne Haskins going to look in his second game? Will he make those same mistakes like he made to get, gave up those two interceptions? You know, my guy Quadrialison is playing in Atlanta versus the Jets. You know, how is he going to do? Is that going to be a uh, a game that that really uh, you know that lets him shine? He you know the Hall of Fame game he really struggled. Sec- last week he looked looked a lot better. You know, can he really start to put it together and build on what he's been doing? You know, in Philadelphia and Jacksonville, you know, what's it, how are J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, excuse me, Arcega-Whiteside and D.D. Westbrook going to do? What are they looking like? Is is Leonard really slimmed down? And is Nick Foles, is he the Jeff Fisher Nick Foles or is he the uh, uh, Sean McVay Nick Foles? You mean John D. Filippo? Or uh, Doug D- Doug Peterson, Peterson uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, I guess. No, no. I mean, is he playing like he did under uh, under Fisher or under uh, Peterson? Yeah. So you know, there, there's how's Miles Sanders look? You know, is, is he going to be able to hold off Jordan Howard? You know, then you go back to the to, to the Raiders and uh, Arizona. Is Arizona going to set up in that four wide uh, and and be able to to you know? work on the de- get the defense moving away so there's lots of room for Kyler to operate so th- there's a lot of storylines um, I guess if I had to pick just one 
I'm probably gonna go with the Baltimore and Green Bay game. If for no other reason than my investment in Mark Andrews and Marquez <laughs> Valdez-Gantling. Hey, that's that's not a bad game to go to, man. I, I think it could be a really good one again, with uh, especially with Green Bay playing their whole starting offense, as I said uh, already, and I'll continue to say, I'm, for me, on the Friday, or sorry, the Thursday night slate, I'm taking that Arizona-Oakland game. I just, I really want to see what Kyler Murray looks like again in his second start. Yeah, uh, I've got I've got high hopes for the kid. I'm really starting to like him even more and more, uh, and I really think he's going to have a a possibly good NFL career. Uh, on Friday night, we've only got three games: Buffalo at Carolina, the Bears at the Giants, and the Dolphins at Tampa Bay. Um, so really, Buffalo, Carolina. I don't think there's much to look at there. See, maybe Cam Newton starts. Um, we obviously want to see this connection with. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember what they name themselves now, and I can't remember it. I'll look um, it up eventually. Uh, you know what? Like DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and Curtis Samuel called themselves. I can't remember no. now. They've got the a new Musketeers. No, they've got a. It's something something cat based. Uh, but it, uh, they've got a, a actually, I think, a pretty cool nickname for themselves. I'm really interested to see how that offense works. I have them ranked very highly in my offensive trio. Little little foreshadowing no nickname, there. No nickname you give yourself is cool. I disagree. Well, I didn't give myself a nickname that I have. It's also embarrassing, so I shouldn't talk about it on this podcast. This is also not child appropriate. Although we do mark this explicit, so maybe one day I'll get into that. But it's not a it's not a flattering nickname. Uh, the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants, I think, could be an interesting game. Obviously, we'll see. We'll get to see a little bit more of Daniel Jones. I don't imagine he's going to go 5-for-5 five five again and then get pulled out. We did see John Mara come out earlier this week. I think it was yesterday. Uh, and said that he would be happy if Daniel Jones did not play an entire snap this season. I don't think that that's not an indictment on Daniel Jones. He's just hoping Eli Manning has a big year, or at least a good year. Uh, and I kind of think that that'd be a good thing for Daniel Jones to sit for an entire year. <clears throat> a good year. I think he he wants he wants Eli Manning to to play all year, so he doesn't so Gettleman doesn't make him look like a complete fool. Maybe. That could be it. I mean, I do think some of it... I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be as bad as a lot of people do. I have had him very high, third or fourth ranked in this class the entire time. So, I am one of those few. I don't think he's going to be the you know, the uh, Hall of Famer, but I do think he's going to be a much better quarterback than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Uh, and then the last game on Friday night, uh, Miami at Tampa Bay. I'm really only interested in that game for one person, and that's your guy, Preston Williams. I want to see if he can get uh, uh, It's not Ronald Jones? Well, I, I mean, I think Ronald Jones is going to destroy that that uh, Miami uh, defense. I'm not worried about Rojo. Rojo's going to ball out. But I want to see if Preston Williams can continue uh, and build on what he did last week, obviously, and see possibly a little bit more of Kalen Balazs, even though I don't think he's that good. Kenyon Drake in a walking boot, so Balazs should get a lot of the work. Uh, what game out of those three would you want to watch? Well, in Buffalo, you know, I, I kind of want to see Devin Singletary and see what Buffalo is going to do with their passing game. He looks good in that be, first game. It, yeah, but is it going to be Zay Jones? Is it going to be Cole Beasley? Is it going to be, you know, Foster's been running with the twos, so does that mean it's John Brown? You know, Carolina is exciting. They've got some They've got some weapons on offense. Uh, for me, I guess in Carolina, it's is Greg Olson healthy. Because, man, he's sure blocking the path for Ian Thomas. Yeah. You know, I, I'm into the Bears. I want to see the Bears because I love David Montgomery. 
the the trouble with the Giants, you know, Darius Slayton should get some playing time tonight because or, or Saturday night because they are missing most of their receivers. Yeah. So is he going to live up to the to the uh, sleeper hype that he's gotten a little bit? Um, but I think that Bears defense is just so so powerful and menacing. I think that's going to be a nightmare for the Giants. But yeah, I, I want to see the Rosen Williams connection. Um, you know, and what's going to go on with you know Mark Mark Walton and Miles Gaskin are battling pretty hard for that running back th- three spot. Mm-hmm. And then news came out today, I think it was that uh, Gasecki's really struggling still. You know, he's being outplayed substantially by Nick O'Leary. Not surprising. Someone yeah. said last year that Mike Gasecki was getting overrated, all based on he, what he did at the combine. <laughs> the Ronald Jones at tight ends, is he? I mean, I wouldn't say Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is going to break out this year. We already we talked about this just a couple seconds ago, buddy. Come on now. <laughs> so, and then in Tampa, you know, I want to – are they settling into the Bruce Arians offense? Yeah, I, I know. I know. I know Leftwich is calling the plays. Yeah. But it's the Bruce Arians offense. Exactly. Um, you know, will there be, will there be uh, enough balls to go around for uh, O.J. Howard to – you know, have the breakout that so many people are predicting. You know, and then there's, you know, is Brashad Perriman going to step up? Well, who, is he going to take that outside spot so Godwin is uh, in that prime spot in the slot? You know, playing that Larry Fitzgerald role. So it, there's a lot. You know, there's there, there's a lot of storylines. But I think I, I in that game, I, that that day, I want to I want to look at the Bears. I want to see David Montgomery. Very nice. Yeah, I think for me, if I had to choose one, I'd go. Buffalo, Carolina. I, I, I really want to see this Carolina offense, and I really kind of want to see Tremaine Edmonds, too, of Buffalo, that linebacker. Uh, I think he could be very good. I think uh, I want to say it was Luke Keekley came out earlier this week and made some comments about him being – he thinks he's going to be an absolute stud, and so I kind of want to see that. Saturday, yeah, I mean I – gra- I grabbed him in uh, as many IDP leagues as I could get him in. Very nice. Saturday, I, I don't think there's really any point talking about any of the other games outside of the first one, but I guess since we do have to provide content for all of the, our listeners because they're not all Browns fans, I don't know what's wrong with you if you're not. The Browns and the Colts play in that first game, obviously. Baker, hope, we'll see how much more run he gets. He only played in that one series against Washington. Obviously looked amazing. We will not see Odell again. He is still dealing with a hip issue. Uh, me and Dennis were just talking off air uh, about the Colts and Browns having a couple of training fights there. Apparently, um, and I already forgot what his name is. Um, what was uh, the, Naheem Hines and Ray Ray McLeod? No, who got hurt? One of the, oh, I can't remember. Who oh, Darius Fountain. Darius Fountain. Okay, wide so wide receiver. And you said he dislocated and broke his dislocated ankle. Dislocated and broke his ankle. Yeah, so it he's looks like out. It could be. A, career-threatening yeah, injury. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That, that's He's out for at least a year and possibly, unfortunately, his career, which sucks because he did just get drafted last year, uh, and a lot of people had high hopes for him. Uh, but also, I did see from the Browns practice notes that Nick Chubb ran an 80-yard touchdown, or had an 80-yard touchdown run on one play. Obviously, it was one play. That that was kind of a stupid statement by me, but uh, had an 80-yard touchdown run. Uh, he's been looking good. I'm, I'm chubby. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch that and hope that again the Browns offense gets to play a little bit more than one uh, one drive but I really want to watch that defense more than anything uh the next game you've got New England at Tennessee uh a big one here we'll get into it a little bit more in a minute with what Mike Vrabel said but obviously the battle between Mariota and Tannehill is a lot closer than many probably thought it was going to be uh, for the Patriots side not much if, if Nikhil Harry is healthy I'm sure everybody wants to see him out there and doing a little bit more work 
KC at Pittsburgh. Uh, for me, not much really in that one either. I, I mean, everybody's going to be out there. Nothing, nothing too surprising or exciting for that game. Detroit at Houston. Want to see a little bit more of on Johnson. Uh, and that's really it for me in that game. And then obviously Dallas and the Rams. Uh, not much for me in that game because we know the Rams don't ever play their starters anyways. And I'm not that into the whole Tony Pollard, Mike Weber, who's going to be the Zeke backup or whatever. Because I think Zeke's going to be back by the by the by week one anyway. So out of those games, which one are you most excited about and what, what kind of sticks out for you? Well... Obviously, you know, being a Browns fan, I, I'm interested in, in watching that one. I'd like to see, uh, you know, what is Hollywood Higgins going to be able to maintain his momentum? Yeah. Uh, how's their depth? Is their left tackle coming along? You know, the defense is going to be a monster. We already uh, have seen the growth on that side of the ball. You know, for Indianapolis, it comes down to can Jacoby Brissett, can he take another step? Because it looks like it could be, you know, he could be on the bench week one. He could be starting week one. So he's got to yeah. be ready. Um, you know, I, I want to see if Marlon Mack can uh, stake his claim. And uh, we can put to rest all of this talk about he's not durable. He can't play, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, New England and Tennessee. You know, the, there is some interest about the Mariota Tannehill thing. I want to see, you know, obviously there needs to be some, there needs to be stability at the quarterback position. Yeah. Whether it, you're a top three quarterback or wh- whether you're QB 18, having stability helps the team. Uh, you know, New England is going to do what New England does, which means in the preseason, that they, you're not going to see a whole heck of a lot from them. So there's Myers, there's Harris, uh, you know, Damian, uh, Maurice Harris, that is. Damian Harris has been dealing with some injuries. You know, we're not going to see Sony Michelle. So it's really, you know, on the New England side, there isn't a whole heck of a lot. You know, is Darwin Thompson going against Pittsburgh? Is, is he going to get some run to kind of establish? Is Damian Williams back? So, you know, there, there could be a little bit of intrigue in Kansas City. So that, that might be interesting. James Washington is a name that I've got my eye on in Pittsburgh. So I want to see, is he going to be able to step up and overtake Moncrief or, even, or you know, hold off Deontay Johnson? Now that, that's kind of a question there. Will Vance McDonald be healthy and uh, not uh, leave people at the altar? So... You know, I, I, I'm a lion. Ch- the Lions were my childhood team. I'm curious to see uh, running back Ty Johnson out of Maryland, I think, is where he's from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they felt good enough about him to let Theo Riddick go. You know, they've got he's the number three behind C.J. Anderson. So in, in what looks to be a run-heavy offense. Uh uh, is Duke playing this week for Houston, or is he going to be out another week? I haven't seen anything, but I'd imagine he is. And I know there was an – Bill O'Brien did an interview. I think it was on Good Morning Football Tuesday or Mon- Monday or Tuesday and was talking about how he's come in there and he's looked good and he's learning the playbook. Uh, but I didn't see him say anything about if he was going to play or not. I'd imagine they'd give him one more week, but I could be wrong. You know, and O'Brien also said they see him as a three-down back. Yeah. So – well, that's not that, surprising. That, At least that, that's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on. You know, 
looking for big things out of Amari Cooper this year, but I don't even think he's playing. He's got that uh, is a uh, plantar fascia yeah. uh, going on in his foot, so he's pretty much going to, you know, it, it almost seems like that's become the it uh, injury. So, you know, hey, I want to I, I, I not play people. You know, this is conspiracy theory here. What what can we what can we do to keep our people from being out there and getting injured? Oh, their plantar fascia is flared up. Uh, we just gotta ice this, but we need to. We can't play. You know, he'll be fine in a couple weeks. Hey. I don't know. My wife had a plantar fascia in, injury, and it lasted her for about six months. So yeah. Oh, I I suffered through that. Uh, it would have been three years ago now, and it was it was horrible. It took me a long time. It's not something you're getting over in a week or two, a couple weeks. I get what you're saying. Uh, what I would say on that though is I'm okay with it. I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt either. Uh, I'd rather everybody go in with their studs, at least as many of their studs as they could. On Duke Johnson, he is not playing. I just looked. He is still dealing with a hamstring injury. They have already said he will not play this weekend. Okay. All right, so out of those games, which one are you turning into? Or tuning into, not turning, I guess, technically. I want to see the Lions. You know, as my childhood team, I'm a Lions fan. That's who I'm looking forward to seeing. All right, so there's three games left that we will talk about here really quick. So Sunday, you've got New Orleans at the Chargers. And then uh, the Sunday night game, Seattle at Minnesota. Both likely interesting matchups uh, for me. Uh, Seattle-wise, I want to see what DK Metcalf can do. If they're going to show any more of the possible splits, we'll see between Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. Uh, and then for the Chargers, obviously what they're doing with Jackson and Eckler. I mean, and I guess somewhat of what Hunter Henry might look like if he plays. Uh, we Obviously, he played in the playoffs last year, but hasn't really played. He didn't, I don't actually think, played. He was on the roster. So this will be kind of be his first game back for C- uh, for Minnesota. That was one team I forgot. Uh, nothing really for me on Minnesota. I, I mean, I believe in Kirk. He had a nice throw to, to Thielen the other day. Diggs, Cooks, I think all of them will be fine. Uh, so for you, what are you, what are you looking forward to in these two games? Uh, any storylines that stick out to you and what, what matchup are you turning into? For me, it would be Seattle-Minnesota. Well, you know, with the Saints, I'm curious. I want to see the deeper guys in the system. Uh, Emmanuel Butler, um, oh, who's the tight end they drafted? Elise Mack, yeah. Uh, running back uh, Divina Zigbo. How are those guys looking? Um, is te- does Teddy look good? Yeah, I'm not a Taysom Hill guy. Uh, I want to see Teddy take over that team. I think they would uh, not miss a beat. On the Chargers, you know, there's the running back stuff. I'm curious to see, you know, I liked, uh, not last, maybe it was last year, uh, I had grabbed Artavis Scott thinking he might be a thing. Seems like he might be working his way into the third wide receiver spot, challenging, uh, I think it's Taylor Gabriel uh, out there in uh, uh, L.A. for that third wide receiver spot. So that might be something kind of interesting to keep an eye on. You know, I want to see. I, I'm a I'm a Buckeye at heart, so I, I obviously want to see um, uh, Cardale Jones. Is he gonna Is he gonna do? Um, is he gonna step up and and do what he needs to do to become Philip Rivers' top backup? Yeah. Uh, in the Minnesota Seattle game, obviously I'm a I'm a Rashad Penny guy. I want to see how he does. But there's some deep receivers on that team as well. Yeah. Uh, Ola BC Johnson, uh not Slayton, Gary Jennings, 
uh, some guys, Jazz Ferguson. Uh, it's they, they're not doing. They, they haven't done a, a lot in preseason yet. They flashed a little bit, but from a running back p- perspective, I, I want to see what uh, uh, Travis Homer does. Is he going to be able to take that CJ Procise uh, role if necessary? You know, if let's say if Carson or Penny goes down, will he be able to step up into that role? And then they've got the big tight end out of Wyoming that used to be on the Patriots, one Jacob Hollister. You know, he's a, a athletic receiving talent, but has struggled to stay healthy. He's somebody I, I w- wouldn't mind seeing. He might be able to provide um, that that big presence uh, in the middle of the field. Minnesota, you know, they're a solid team. It's going to come down to, uh, you know, it's clear Madison is the two. Uh, but will their offensive line come together? You know, they, they've spent a lot of capital on the offensive line. And so for me, it's watching the Minnesota. Um, I'm probably going to be more tuned in to the Seattle-Minnesota game. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think my guy Penny is going to get a whole lot of run. <laughs> but, you know, that's who I'm looking for. And last but not least, we have the Monday night game. We have the San Francisco 49ers at the Denver Broncos. Obviously, San Francisco, we want to see Jimmy G. Obviously, uh, there was a lot of talk about him throwing the ball to the other team five times during practice. That's just practice. I'm not that worried about it. But we'll see what we get from Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida. I imagine all three of them are probably not playing but just kind of what they look like at least in a rotation Dante Pettis uh there's a lot of talk earlier in the offseason he was gonna be the guy now he's not gonna be the guy he's gonna be the guy again so it's kind of been all over the place with Pettis I want to see a little bit out of him for Denver I'm really looking to see if Drew Locke can take a step forward from the first two weeks has been a little bit unimpressive and then obviously I'll probably just watch because I, I want to see the goat I want to see the goat running the ball Theo Riddick went down with an injury so that's just going to increase Philip Lindsay's playing time I'm not even sure you know he's gonna Royce Freeman is gonna be able to hold his jock strap this season so we'll see what happens there but Philip Lindsay the goat running the ball against that San Francisco 49ers defense storylines for you in that Monday night football game well it looks like uh you know Nick Bosa has already quit on his team because of a hangnail oh uh, come no, on I'm man just, don't say that I'm just kidding I'm kidding uh now, I, you know, McKinnon is projected to start the season on IR. McKinnon's not going to be playing, uh, which helps to clear up that backfield. It's pretty much Coleman and uh, Matt Breida. So they're the top two there. You know, most start uh, because he plays special teams. And then if they they keep a fourth, it's going to likely be Jeffrey Wilson, uh, who, who performed well in the, the opportunities he had last year. But it's, it's looking more and more like uh, you can move Tevin Coleman up your rankings a little bit because McKinnon uh, is, is going to be out for a while. Uh, so, you know, there, I, I want to see Debo Samuel. He's, he's, you know, he was, I had him ranked pretty high in, in the preseason. I want to see if he can uh, maintain that throughout, uh, the, throughout the preseason and, and carry that into the regular season. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I forget who's the, who are they playing now? They're playing the Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. Um, oh, the Broncos. You know, I love me some Cortland Sutton. I want I want to see the Flacco to Sutton uh, 
combination develop. Uh, I need to see it develop. You know, I, 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 I've cooled on Royce Freeman. I think he's going to be a decent back. I don't think he's going to be uh, probably as good as I thought he was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, even though this offense is, uh, from everything I've read, looks like it's going to fit him better, um, I, I think he's, at, at best, he's in a 50-50 timeshare with, uh, with Philip Lindsay. So you know, well, you know, can can Noah Noah Fant get his hands under control? You know, he's struggling a little bit with his hands so far, um, which may be good for Jeff Hireman. You know, yeah. though Hireman's not terribly athletic, so there's definitely uh, a couple storylines to watch there. Well, let's stick with Denver and wrap up this the storylines and news really quick before we jump into our offensive trios. There's a couple news items that stood out to me. And like I said, staying in Denver, Bradley Chubb. So uh, Vic Fangio came out and said that he's going to have Bradley Chubb playing in the Khalil Mack role that he had uh, last year in Chicago. Again, Vic Fangio was the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, came over to Denver with the head coaching job there. I think that's huge. I I really thought that it would end up being Vaughn Miller, but he's going to put Bradley Chubb in there. I mean, both those guys look like they're going to be studs. Bradley Chubb started off kind of slow last year, but then really turned it on the second half and had a good year. Uh, A guy that I think could, uh, not that I'm an IDP guru, but I think could have a huge year uh, for an IDP player in 2019. You know, the, the the challenge with that, though, is, you know, most IDP scoring is built on tackles. So you, you do get, you know, sacks are like three points and tackles are one point. And if you get 12 sacks versus, you know, 90 tackles, uh, you want the points from tackles. So while I think Chubb is going to excel in the Mac role and especially uh, on across from Von Miller, you know, Von Miller has never really been highly ranked in IDP leagues yeah. because, you know, at, at that rush end, they, they just don't make a lot of tackles. Uh, so if you're in a if 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 he's classified as a defensive end and you're in a deep IDP league where you have to start a defensive lineman or a defensive end, you know, that then the potential is there for Bradley Chubb to be a stud um, outside of that, you know. IDPs, it's all about you know strong safeties and linebackers that play all three downs. All right, next up, uh, you mentioned it earlier, which Jacoby Brissett might be playing, so we still don't have a whole lot of clarity on what's going on with Andrew Luck. He had a calf strain in training camps before any of this even started stuck with him for whatever reason it just was not healing it was not getting better he came back into all the preseason and everything still dealing with it and now it's evolved into an ankle injury they talked about some bone and all this other stuff i've heard a lot of other people who are medical experts talk about this saying that some of that what the uh jim mercy came out and said everything was not necessarily making sense with the original injury he had so i don't know i'm not a doctor i've not seen the x-rays mris anything like that all i know is it sounds like they're ruling out andrew luck for at least week one if not longer so if you own andrew luck you need to have jacoby Brissett. the one thing i'll say on jacoby Brissett, a lot of people have kind of a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth from the way that he was uh what did that have been three years ago now uh that he came in as a rookie over to indianapolis in that trade when they realized luck was going to be out for um pretty much the entire no not pretty much the entire season 
The offensive line is 10 times better, if not 100 times better now than what it was in his rookie year. And he's also been there now for three years. So he knows that offense. Granted, um, I can't remember his name at the moment. It just slipped out of my head. Frank Reich. Frank Reich uh, did only just come over last year. So technically it'd be second year in this new offense. But still, he knows the offense. Better offensive line. I mean, I would argue possibly a top 10 offensive line in the game. With especially the way that Quentin Nelson, play. Quentin Nelson plays. That dude is a beast. So I actually like Jacoby Brissett. I think he will be just fine in Andrew Luck's stead. If he's to miss more than one week, I would think, again, I'm not a medical professional, but everything I've heard lately, I would imagine he's going to miss at least one to three games would be my guess if I had to guess right now. I don't even want to hazard a guess because we've seen that uh, the Colts uh, engage in subterfuge when it comes to talking about Andrew Luck's injuries. You know, he could play next week. He could play week one. Uh, he could be out for the whole season. Uh, I'm I'm hoping. Uh, I've got a couple shares that I'm hoping he will uh, be ready for week one. But it's just it's definitely something you got to follow. And I agree. If he's your starting quarterback, uh, you need to be trying to pick up uh, Jacoby Brissett or hope that you've got a, a second quarterback that you can start. Yeah, and then last but not least, we both touched on it a little bit when we were talking about the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots game. The battle between Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. So Mike Vrabel has pretty much come out and said that that battle is a lot closer than it looks and that Ryan Tannehill might end up being the week one starter. That is interesting, at least for me. I I don't necessarily think that Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I just don't know what to think. In all honesty, the more I've thought about it since I've heard that is I actually just feel bad for Marcus Mariota. I think he was an extremely talented quarterback in college. I know a lot of people lately have been kind of comparing him to Tim Tebow and this great college quarterback but couldn't get it done in the NFL. I saw Marcus Mariota live when he came to Arlington to play Ohio State in the national championship game. And even though Oregon did not look good, He still at times looked amazing, and I do think that his career in a way has kind of been stunted by the fact that it seems like he's gotten a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator every single year that he's been in the league. That just doesn't work out for players. On top of that, as much as it, it sucks to say this, I also feel like he is kind of a victim of the times in Had Marcus Mariota come out last year, or even say next year, like Justin Herbert possibly is, I think Marcus Mariota would have a chance to be a top pick again and be 10 times better because it seems like nowadays NFL teams are more willing to go to a college-style offense and build their offenses around their quarterback, not force the, the whole square peg into a round hole thing. Too many times have I watched them try to make Marcus Mariota into a pocket passer, and that is not what he is. So I'm interested to see how this works out. I really hope that Mariota gets a chance to win this job and and balls out. Even if he's not in Tennessee next year, possibly get a chance to go somewhere. You know, I was looking at teams that might get a new quarterback next year. Be interesting to see him go to to possibly the Bengals and and Zach Taylor and that new offense if maybe they could do something interesting. But it's definitely a battle worth watching. If you have Mariota, you need to get Tannehill if you don't have another viable option at quarterback because there is not... From everything I've heard and read, it does not look like it is a guarantee Marcus Mariota will be the starter week one. Yeah, I took over an orphan Superflex team that Mariota was my second quarterback, and the first trade I made was to get Ryan Tannehill. 
So I, I don't know if it's the, the nerve injury is just never fully recovered for Mariota. And so he isn't able to get his strength back. Uh, if it's a combination of, I mean, he's had what? This is his fourth different offensive coordinator this year Yeah. Uh, in his career. You know, constantly changing, even if it's changing a little bit. I, I think one of the reasons Arthur Smith got the job is he was already on the team. And so, you know, minimize the, the change to the offense. And, and and I get that, you know, building the offense around Tannehill or uh, Mariota's strengths and using that running ability. But I don't think Mariota has shown that he can stand up to that kind of offense either. So it, it's a catch-22 there. You know, you, do you, you want to put him in an offense he's comfortable with, but when you get him out there moving and maybe running a little more, is he going to be able to hold up to that? Because, you know, historically, he, he gets injured. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, like I said, I, I, went out and, I went out and got Tannehill as soon as I took that team over. I, I mean, I somewhat agree with you. The thing is, I don't think he's ever actually been in, in an offense like that. Like, I, I don't want to use just this one example because we haven't seen it that much. But we've seen that um, Cliff Kingsbury has come in and pretty much bought all into Kyler Murray and that this is how they're going to run their offense because they know that Kyler Murray can succeed. In. Now, whether or not it will succeed, we don't know. That's something we're going to have to wait and see. But just the coaches, I mean, I have to go back and look at all of them, but I don't remember Tennessee having any kind of offensive guru or any kind of offensive-minded head coach. Everybody I can think of off the top of my head has all been defensively. And, I mean, yeah, you have Matt LaFleur, but he was there for half a year last year, and I don't even think that he knew what he was doing with that offense. I mean, they started off with Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry comes in. Marcus Mariota has also not had, at least in my opinion, very good wide receivers. I know a lot of people are, are high on Corey Davis. I am not one of them. So, I don't necessarily agree with you that he couldn't survive if he was put in an offense like that, at least more like what he was used to at Oregon. Yeah, well, you know, time will tell. First and 10 at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Zeke Elliott, touchdown. 38 on the screen. Second down at 10, takes the snap, gives it. Chubb runs, he's in a 15, he's in a 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. There goes Chubb, he's in the 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Chubb, a lava hub. 92 yards. Left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, 
so it's time to continue our offensive trios segment here. Uh, last episode on Monday, me and Dennis gave you guys our 32 through 16. We also had what the uh, Dynasty Nerds consensus rankings considered their 32 through 16 as well. Uh, a lot of differences in the three of ours. I don't think we, uh, I think the Jags was the only team that we, me and you at least, came in tied together. I was tied with the Nerds on a couple and so were you. So it's definitely been an interesting exercise to say the least. So let's go ahead and start it right off with number 15. So the top half of the league, who do you have just right there at 15? Uh, I have uh, Matthew Stafford, Carry right. uh, on Johnson, and Kenny Galladay, my Detroit Lions. You know, I think that uh, maybe it's a touch high, but, you know, I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-road offense this year. They have um, brought in a more run-oriented uh, coach. They're probably going to slow their plays their play speed down, not run as many plays. But Galladay is a beast on the outside, and Marvin Jones is a pretty good wide receiver on the other side. Uh, they just brought in T.J. Hawkinson at the tight end, and Carrion Johnson showed last year, you know, caveat, if he stays healthy, he could be a special running back. And that's that's something uh, I think he could end up being the best, one of the best running backs that uh, Stafford has played with in his career. So uh, I'm coming in at number 15 with the Detroit Lions. All right, so for me, I had the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Obviously, for me, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are kind of both tops in their position. Julio, top three or four, depending on who you want to debate putting over him. Matt Ryan, easily top five, if at worst ten. Uh, Devonta Freeman is really the only question mark for me. Uh, obviously, he's it's interesting. I kind of forgot that he was the RB1 just a few seasons ago. And I don't mean an RB1 in fantasy. I mean literally the RB1, the best running back in fantasy. Um, I would have been four or five years ago now at this point. Suffered some injuries, but Tevin Coleman is gone now. A lot of people are kind of souring a little bit more on Ito Smith. Uh, I know they've got your guy, Quadri Allison, but he's still – it looks Looks like needs to get into the offense of Tampa a little bit more, learn the offense a little bit more before he becomes a big factor in the offense. So maybe I could be wrong on him. This is definitely someone that could, or this offensive trio could definitely jump up higher than this for 15. But for me, man, I'm going to be honest, it was extremely hard for me to rank these guys, uh, this 15. I think there's one team in here that I have just off the spot or at 13 um, that I'm a little think I could probably have put them below the Falcons, but I just I have too much faith in them, so I didn't do it. So I don't know about you, but this this ranking these one through fifteen was hard for me. It took a lot of of time and effort to get those knocked down. Uh, the Dynasty Nerds had your favorite team, the Arizona Cardinals, coming in at fifteen. Um, with Kyler Murray at 13, ranked 13, DJ at 8, and then Christian Kirk, their highest wide receiver, ranked at 34 with a total points of 55. So who did you have at 14? Well, at 14, it's probably, when I when I look at the, the teams, 14 is probably the one I go, you know what, I think I have the least confidence in where this one is. Um, and, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow, you had a lot so, higher than me. Okay. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think I, I'm, I, I, I like Dalton to be, you know, an average plus quarterback. I'm big on Joe Mixon, and AJ Green is a stud. Well, now AJ is injured, 
And and honestly, I probably should have moved him down because I've known about the injury, and I got so wrapped up in kind of shuffling around the backside of this uh, ranking f- uh, for Monday's show. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm a little bit high uh, on, on the uh, Bengals. You know, in part because it, Green is out. I think when Green comes back, I don't think he misses a beat. I but, agree. I agree. But he, he – so, he, you know, I think to justify this 14th ranking, uh, one of the three of these guys is going to have to drastically outpour, outperform where they're currently ranked. All right, so for me at 14, I had the Arizona Cardinals. So just a spot off the nerds there. I mean, I – I would not be surprised if they end up as a top five offensive trio. We both think DJ is back. He's going to be back this year. He had a surprisingly, if you really look at his stats and metrics from last year, had a really good season. That offense was just historically bad. And so it did kind of hamper him a little bit. I know I am a big believer in Kyler Murray. I've been talking about it all podcast. I'm talking about it all offseason. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think... The size thing has been overblown. I don't think he – I don't really want to get into what he measured at the combine because I'm not sure if that's necessarily truly how tall he is. But I also don't think that his – not. He's shorter. Exactly. Okay, I don't disagree with you. He is, but – I also don't buy into the narrative that he's a running quarterback. He, If you really watched his tape in college, he did not run the way people thought he did. He is very much exactly what he showed in that first preseason game. Again, it wasn't much, and hopefully we'll see more of it tonight. But he is a guy who, when he scrambles outside the pocket, is looking to throw the ball first. He is not Johnny Manziel and is trying to beat everybody with his legs because he's not going to be able to. Is he fast? Absolutely. There are going to be linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks who are faster and going to catch him and knock him out. He's also, the one thing I will give him, he was a top baseball prospect. So he's got a cannon. He can throw the ball. I've seen his some of his highlight videos as well from baseball. An outfielder with an extremely strong arm, and he knows how to slide. So he will get down. Doesn't mean the defender still won't try and punish him once he slides. But I do think that he'll be smart and safe with the ball. And then Christian Kirk. I do think Kirk is going to have a good year. Uh, he was the only real question mark for me out of these three. I think he was ranked a little bit low, in my opinion, at 34. I think he has a chance to finish as a wide receiver, too. In fantasy, but again, that's all going to kind of depend on how how much they go to Larry Fitz in his last year and if Kirk can take a step forward because it is a new quarterback, new offense. Again, Kirk looked really good last year at times before the injury. The Nerd Herd has your Detroit Lions at 14, actually, which was a little bit surprising to me. So they had, uh, so Matt Stafford ranked at 24, Carryon Johnson at 12, and Galladay 15. That's a that's a crime and a shame right there on Johnson's rating. Uh, but they uh, come in with 51 total points, so very high ranking for your Lions. You were a lot closer than I was with the Lions ranking. I think I had them at 17. So who do you have at 13? Well, at 13, you know, this is another one that's fallen much under the uh, same spell as the Cincinnati Bengals with the the injury thing, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, so, okay. you know, I, I'm I'm I've been a uh, Marlon Mack fan for a long time. T.Y. Hilton, he's a baller, and I, I feel like Andrew Luck being back is is you know behind that offensive line. And that line is the best offensive line of his entire career. And now we've got the ankle thing. So, you know, these these last three, I, I could easily see them dropping uh, into the bottom half of this. 
But right now, I'm I've got uh, Indianapolis at thirteen. Yeah, so for me at thirteen, I have this is the one that I've I've questioned the most. I, I just I could I didn't want to move them up anymore, but I also wasn't sure if I should move them back. This was the one team that I probably could have put at fifteen and been okay with it, but I just trusted them too much, and that's the New England Patriots. I mean, you've got Tom Brady who is going to continue to put up thirty touchdowns and probably throw for four thousand yards, so he he's going to give you his points. You got Sony Michelle, who I think is going to have a good year. I know you are really high on Sony Michelle. You've talked about how you think they are going to just run him into the ground the next couple years, as for as long as they can keep him healthy. Uh, he's going to have a huge year. And then Julian Edelman, I, I am extremely surprised how underrated he has been. I get that he's older and now he's dealing with an injury, but he has been Tom Brady's safety blanket for a long time. He is the one guy that he trusts. I don't think that bringing in Nikhil Harry is going to affect Edelman at all. In fact, I think Edelman is just going to be just—he's going to be just fine. Is he going to get you, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred receiving yards? No, he's probably going to get you a thousand or nine hundred something. But he's also going to get you ninety to a hundred catches and at least five or six touchdowns. So he's going to have a phenomenal year. I've been really surprised at how low a lot of people have him rated. Uh, for the Nerd Herd at 13, they had the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan comes in ranked with 16. Uh, Devonta Freeman, 24, and Julio Jones at 7 for a total of 47. So who do you have at number 12, the elite 12 top offenses in the league, or offensive trios in the league? Man, you, you and the you and the nerds are sleeping on the Falcons big time. Holy crap! Man, I'm telling you, before we move on to the twelve, it's just Freeman, man. I'm so worried about his injury history. I, I have no doubt in in uh, Julio and Matt Ryan, but uh, if I'm going to be honest, and I know I'm going to get the hate hate mail and hate tweets again, the only team I have ranked above them, obviously outside the Patriots. Uh, is the Cowboys that I'd move uh, move them over. I don't. I, I just believe too much in all these other teams. And then I'll talk about it when we get to them, but I just think all these other teams are just are too loaded with their three players that, that I can't move the Falcons over them. All right. Well, well, when we when I get to them, we'll have a little conversation. Sounds good. Um, Who you got 12? So at 11, or at 12, excuse me, I have the Carolina Panthers. What? 12? Yeah. Okay, tell me you why. Know, tell me why. Well, tell me why I'm crazy because I have them higher. You know, and, and I could see them going higher. You know, I, I, I think it's a combination of things. It, it can McCaffrey maintain the pace he had last year? Um, you know, those hits, you know, when you're getting hit 25 times a game, 30 times a game, they, they start to wear on you. And no, he has not really shown any signs of wear at this point but it it you know it's it's something that's out there uh cam you know he's coming back from that shoulder and literally up until today you didn't hear much about him going deep it was you know he looks good but you know now it's today it's literally the headline is cam's deep ball is back but then you go to dj moore uh and and there's it's looking like it could potentially, you know, him and him and uh, Curtis Samuel could end up cannibalizing each other's production. Both have very good years, but keeping one of them from being that that true alpha. And so, with that, you know, it just kind of ended up at twelve. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know if 
I, I have more confidence in that one than I than I did the uh, Lions one. But you know, I, that's that's where they felt for me. All right, so for me at 12, I have the Houston Texans. Obviously, huge believer in Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. That's not even a question. The biggest thing that brought them down was Lamar Miller. I just don't think I, he's going to be consistent. I know everybody thinks I'm always you know, talking bad about Lamar Miller. Consistent low-end RB2, no doubt about it. But that, for me, brings them down to number 12 in my offensive trio rankings because I could actually not be I would not be surprised if he ends up falling into that RB3 this year he's been in a pretty steady decline the past couple years even though he's put up somewhat consistent numbers so that's that's what dropped them down to 12 for me at 12 for the nerds they had the Pittsburgh Steelers Big Ben at 26, um, James Conner at 13, and Juju at 5, giving them a total of 44 points. Who do you have at number 11? Well, before we move on to number 11, so let, let's take a look here. So you got Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. How big is the gap? How big is the gap? For fantasy points, I mean, I don't say it's that big at all. Matt Ryan has pr- consistently put yeah, up Yeah, Matt Ryan close. was the QB2 last yeah. year. Oh, yeah, I agree. And they're and they're gonna throw every bit or more. You got Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. How big is the gap? Uh, I mean, for me, it's big. Uh, Hopkins, I think, is is as crazy as some people might think that this next statement's gonna be. I think he's easily ahead above Julio Jones. If if oh, I'm, I'm not saying he's he's not ahead of him, but. No, I mean like a full. Like I'm when I say ahead, I mean like I think him and Devonte Adams are going to be the clear. One and two in fantasy football this year. I don't think three and below are going to be close. I think outside 15, possibly 20 points, if not more. Like 15 or 20 points total? Yeah, probably. Uh, like, so so if, if DeAndre Hopkins outscores Julio Jones by 20 points? Yes. So what? what's that? 1.3 points per game? I mean, it adds up, yeah. If you if you break okay. it down like that, and how much how, by how much do you think Freeman is going to outscore Lamar Miller? That I don't know. If I had to take a guess, probably 30, 40 points. All right. So how the hell can you have the Texans ahead of the Falcons when you, you basically you've got a, a slight edge? And a push, and then a big edge to Freeman. I mean, that's not. Well, I guess thirty points is a big edge. It's not. It's not a slight edge though for me over with Hopkins and Julio. It's a big edge. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's where right. One one point three points per game is well, a big edge. You can go bigger if you want. For me, it's a big edge. I think that he is going to blow Julio Jones out of the water. We can make another show bet on it if you want. I don't. I, well, we're gonna. We're we're. We're going to have to, it looks like, because both of our guys are going to be injured in the other one. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, for me, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I also don't think Matt Ryan ends up as the QB2 this year. I mean, I still would say it's probably close to a push, so but we've, we've talked QB about one? it. No, Matt Ryan? No, he's below that. <laughs> like, that's, well, if you go back and look at our, or to when we talked about our QB rankings, me and you both had Deshaun Watson up between four and five. We were debating. Yeah. I had Matt Ryan closer to 10. 
So that's a yeah, pretty big gap. I think I had gap. Ryan at six, maybe. Okay, so for me, again, it's a it's a pretty big gap. I don't think that they're going to do what they've done the past couple years. I think the reason he was so good last year comes down to how bad that defensive that defensive was that defense was because of the injuries. I don't think that defense is going to be that bad this year. So I don't see him being in that many shootouts. I don't see him getting okay. the garbage time that him and Julio got last year, which factors into right. now. For me, the only thing that separates that trio is the Devonta Freeman and, and Lamar Miller. It's That is a ridiculous gap. It's, it's Grand Canyon wide. I will give you that. But I just think what I'm going to get out of Deshaun Watson and Hopkins is going to make up that gap. All right. So how many points do you think that uh, the, the Houston trio is going to outscore the Atlanta trio by? Uh, are we going to go over-under? I just got to predict a total here. Well, we're, we're, we're predicting the spread. How many points? Uh, you know, 30 points, 60 points, 100 points. Outscore the three of them. Let's see here. I'll go with 25. So you want to go 24 and a half? Does that sound fair? You tell me. Yeah, yeah we'll go 24 and a half. 24 and a half. All right, I'll take the over. You take the under. We'll see what happens. I have a feeling I'm going to win that one, but we'll see. I could be dead wrong. So who, I'm assuming because we just got into this whole Atlanta discussion, you have Atlanta right there at 11? I'm sorry, No, I don't. Oh, okay. Well, who do you have at 10 then? Or 11? Uh, I don't even know where we're 11, at anymore. At I'm 11, so I have the Steelers. Okay. Oh, so wow, you have the Steelers a lot lower than me too. All right. Tell me why. Well, I, you know, so you got the three. You got Ben, Connor, and Juju. And Juju had, what, 168 targets last year? Yeah. He's going to be up there. He's getting a shit ton of targets again this year. But they they threw the ball so much last year. I don't think they're going to throw the ball as much this year. So And that's going to affect Ben and Juju, and that kind of pushes them down some uh, in my eyes. You know, when I look at it, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, I think I probably have Houston too high. Houston should probably be back here. Uh, a couple a couple spots closer to um, the Steelers, mm-hmm. just based on Lamar Miller. Um, but uh, I think Ben and and Connor Connor's going to have a good year. But he's you know they they're going to give him the ball until he can't take the ball anymore. But if they have to sit him out for a couple games, they're perfectly comfortable with Samuels, and it looks like you know Snell. Uh, you know they seem perfectly fine with him. So. Um, you know, Ben's not getting any younger. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, it's one of those things where he could very well, uh, you know, start missing some games. He's what, 36, 37 years old now. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's held up well over his, over the years. Um, so we'll see, but I, I have the Steelers at 11. So at 11 for me, I have the Los Angeles Chargers, and I am tied with the Nerd Herd. They have the Chargers at 11 as well. Rivers with 22 points. Melvin Gordon with 11. Keenan Allen with 9. Rivers is really the only question mark for me here. Not in the fact that he is not talented and can't put up points. He can, uh, but I just don't think he's going with the interceptions that he likes to throw. Oh, I shouldn't say likes to throw, uh, but with the amount of turnovers that he gives, if you're in a league that you lose points on turnovers, is going to hurt you a little bit. Uh, but that's that's kind of why I have him ranked right here. I think they could be higher, could end up being lower too. This is another team. These this is the other team with the Patriots that I probably could have put behind the Falcons. Maybe I should have, uh, but I just I really love Keenan Allen. I think he's in for a huge year. And Melvin Gordon again. I, I was doing. 
doing these in the assumption that all these guys are going to play all season long. So Melvin Gordon, I mean, I guess I could be dead wrong on this if he ends up not playing at all. Uh, but I think regardless with the volume that he gets is going to have a decent year. So that's who me and the nerds have at 11. Let's get into the top 10 now where we're really getting closer to number one. Who do you have at 10? I have the uh, defending Super Bowl losers, Los Angeles Rams. God, you have a lot of teams lower than me. I don't know what, what, what our differences are here. Tell me why you got the Rams so low. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think 10 is low. I mean, I'll um, tell you. I, well, I don't want to give my spot away, but I'll put, I have them in the top five. So it's low compared to me. So, you know, as, as their offense goes and grows, you know, they've got a system to play that they play. Uh, Cooks is going to put up his 1,100 yards um, and five touchdowns. I, I think the Gurley uh, injury is going to affect him long term. But this year, production-wise, I think it's much ado about nothing. Uh, and, and Goff is going to be good in this offense and in this system. But, you know, looking, I, I, you know, I don't know. There's one or two that maybe I would move them ahead of. But I, I'm expecting some guys to have some really good years. And it's, uh, you know, they, they landed at 10. I, I, I like them. I think that uh, lately in my mock drafts, uh, I've been getting cooks as my wide receiver one at the end of the third round. And I, I think that's real nice value there. Yeah. You know, Gurley is back on the rise, back towards the end of the first round. So, you know, it, to me, they're, they're a solid team, you know, and, and they're going to score. But they've got, again, they've got a great defense that is going to, you know, they're not going to have to put up a ton of points. So it, it sort of, you know, I, I don't want to say, you know, take their foot off their neck, but they're going to run the ball a little more. And if they're up by, you know, 17 points, if they're trying to preserve Gurley, they're going to run the ball with Henderson and Brown and Kelly. So for me at 10, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Not a believer in Dak. Love Zeke. Dude's a beast. Not a believer in Amari Burkhans Cooper either. But they both showed over last season that they could be extremely productive and a dynamic duo with the way that they uh, hooked up there in the second half of the season. I've, I've said many a times, and I'll say it again, I do think that defenses are not necessarily going to let Amari Cooper do what he did last year. I do think some of that came with the fact that it was just new offense, uh, new game plans and everything with Amari Cooper. Uh, again, I'm assuming Zeke comes back with this, um, and Amari Cooper is going to be fine. We, we did mention it earlier. He's got the, the plantar fasciitis injury, quote-unquote. Uh, I do think that this is another team that <sighs> – I I'll be honest. I struggle with these top ten. It took it it took me literally a couple hours to figure out who I was going to rank in the ten and the way that I did. Um, for me, the only reason I dropped the Cowboys down to ten, I just believe in all of the quarterbacks and their receivers over Dak and Amari Moore. Uh, so that's why they've dropped all the way down to ten for me. The nerd herd had the Houston Texans at ten. Um, Deshaun Watson with five, Lamar Miller at 36, and DeAndre Hopkins at one for a total of 42 points. So who did you have at number nine? Uh, at number eight? Or no, number nine? Yeah, nine. Uh, at, at number nine, I have the uh, Houston Texans. Okay. So I, I think, uh, 
you know, Hopkins Hopkins is clearly the man. Yeah. Uh, he's he's something. Uh, he's been the been my wide receiver one for a good while. Um, Watson is is. Uh, you know, he's shown that he's a very steady, very solid, very exciting quarterback. Can run the ball well. Uh, nice, nice deep ball. Gets the ball downfield. Uh, one of the things that might hurt them a little bit, uh, them being specifically Hopkins, it is if Will Fuller stays healthy. So if Fuller stays healthy, Watson has shown he is not afraid to throw him the ball. Yeah. And and he'll he'll go. You know, it it can be third and one. It can be third and twenty-seven. He'll throw Fuller that ball downfield. 50 yards yeah um you know lamar miller i agree he's dropping a little bit each year he's dropped you know i don't know if he'll even finish as an rb3 this year now that they brought duke in Uh, i think they're gonna they're gonna give him the opportunity Uh, and if he plays well they'll keep playing him and they'll they'll split time with him and duke but if duke comes in and duke plays well you know duke is younger he's he's out there they'll give him i think you know, it's NFL. They they don't have a whole lot of loyalty to players that are fading. That is very true. So for me at nine, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Love me some Kirk Cousins. Love me some Stephon Diggs, who is who we ended up going with at wide receiver because he was ranked just a tad bit higher than Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook is the only one that scares me. Uh, just his injury history alone, I think he's a stud. He looked amazing last year. I believe he broke the record for rushing yards in a, in a game last year before he got hurt, uh, breaking Adrian Peterson's record. Dude is a beast, but he's got to stay healthy. I, I don't uh, think Alexander Madison is going to eat into his workload at all if Cook stays healthy. That was the only fear in me dropping them where I did. I would not be surprised if they end up in the top three or four, especially this being the second year now in Stefanski's offense or year and a half since technically he took over a little over mid-year uh, there. Uh, but I, I, I love Cousins, love Diggs. We, we've both talked about it. We both think Diggs is going to have a huge year this year, possibly jump Adam Thielen and be that wide receiver one. Uh, and Kirk Cousins supported both of them as top 14 wide receivers, I think, last year. I think that's where Diggs finished was 14. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, they phenomenal, both of them, and Cousins as well. So I might be low on them. It's an offense that I would love to be uh, as inv- – I am hugely invested in them. I own Diggs, Cousins, Thielen. I don't really own any Cook shares. Uh, but I own those three in a lot of different leagues, or at least two of those three. So huge for me. Again, I could have them. Lo- I could have them lower, uh, but I, I, I don't. And I'm actually tied with the nerd herd on this one as well. So the uh, Vikings with Kirk Cousins at 20, Cook at 10, and Diggs at 11 for a total of 41 points. Who do you have at number eight? At number eight, I have uh, probably everybody's darlings. The uh... Don't you dare hmm. say the Browns. No, okay, I have the Chiefs it. at eight. Oh, hey, so don't, oh, never mind. I have them one more way. Oh. So. Oh, okay. You know, I, 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 the Chiefs are good. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes is, is, you know, in his full, first full season, showed that he's going to be something special. Tyreek Hill is a game breaker. You know, anytime he touches the ball, he's he can be gone. Um, but I, I don't believe in Damian Williams whatsoever. Bingo. Uh, you know, my one share I have of him, I'm just hoping he has a good game opening week so I can sell him for some kind of value because I just get lowballed on him, you know, because people know I hate him. And, and I get it. You know, I just, 
you know, it's it's a tough spot to be in. You know, I I expect Mahomes to regress some. I, I still expect him to put up, you know, QB one, QB two, QB three numbers. Yeah. But I think he's, uh, you know, that offense as he gains more trust in people and in, in other people, Kelsey. Uh, well, he's got trust in Kelsey, but you know, if Sammy stays healthy, uh, Nicole Hardman, things like that. If some of those guys step up, it, it, it could affect Hill some. Uh, I still expect Hill to be a wide receiver one this year, but uh, you know, I, I had to to put him somewhere. And as I looked at the the teams in front of him, um, you know, I'm comfortable with them at eight. I have the Carolina Panthers at eight. I think Cam Newton is going to be just fine. Everything I've heard and read from him coming out of camp is that he his his uh, arm looks fine, shoulder looks good. He's as you said earlier throwing the deep ball well. DJ Moore I think is in for a breakout season and CMC. I mean I know there's been questions about his workload. I feel like that's been questioned every year he's been in the league to be honest with you. I think he can take the hits. He bulked up a little bit more this season. I I, I don't think anything stops these guys the only thing uh, and what I agree with you on and again why I, I ended up ranking him at eight is I could see DJ Moore losing out on some targets and possibly some red zone looks to Curtis Samuel Curtis Samuel did uh, get a, a decent amount of red zone looks when he came back uh, toward the end of last year uh, so I could see those two eating into each other cannibalizing each other a little bit and affecting DJ Moore's numbers but these three I think are going to be phenomenal all season long so at eight the nerd herd had the Chiefs so they, they you were tied there with them Mahomes at one Damian Williams at 32 and Tyreek Hill at eight for a total of 41 points who do you have at number seven? Uh, at number seven, I have the Atlanta Falcons. All right. You know, I I feel like uh, Dirk Cutter coming back. Uh, they Jones and Ryan both had big seasons. The two seasons that Cutter was there, and I'm in on Devontae Freeman uh, bouncing back and being healthy this year. I think Freeman is going to have. Uh, you know, a top 15 season. And with Ryan and Jones, you know, Julio putting up his 1,600 yards and Ryan putting up his 4,500, I, I just, you know, they're my number seven team. All right. For me at seven, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. So really not much to add on there from what you said. Uh, my question is Damon yeah. Williams I thought as you well. guys would both be higher. Wow. Yeah, I mean, well, Damian Williams is a big one for me because I do think that he can be a serviceable back. I'm not as down on him as you are, um, but I'm also not as high on Tyreek as others are. Well, yes, it's hard for cornerbacks and safeties to cover him because of how fast he is, and I do think that Patrick Mahomes regresses a little bit still will probably end up being the quarterback one. I just think altogether that offense is not going to be quite as explosive as we saw last year. I do think the defense is a little bit better, so they won't need to be in as many shootouts. Um, and Damian Williams, like I said, he's the biggest question mark for me. I'm really worried about him uh, being the the weak point out of these three, especially if they do go to a committee. Andy Reid has come out, I think it was uh, early this week or sometime last week, and said that he would be fine using a committee approach at running back. And if that happens, that they're not going to be a top-scoring offensive trio. 
And so at seven, the Nerd Herd had the Indianapolis Colts. Luck at three, Marlon Mack at 16, and T.Y. Hilton at 14 for a total of 30. Five. That's a, a little bit surprising for me. I did not. I have them a lot higher than that, even. So, who is your number six? Number six. Uh, I have my guys. You know the. I I, I have the uh, Los Angeles Philip Riverses. Okay, I like it. You know I. You know, granted, this was before. This was with the expectation that Gordon is coming back. Right. Exactly. So Keenan Allen is going to be a beast this year. Mike Williams is going to have a great year across from him, and it's going to help Keenan to be open. Uh, Phillip Rivers just puts up consistently top 12 numbers year after year after year. And so with Gordon you know, running the ball and Allen, you know, I, I don't know. It was, it was one of those situations where I was like, uh, do I expect – who do I expect to, to outperform – where they're at, and you know, I think Allen is one that could have a, a career year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he has a career year this year. Um, you know, teams are going to have to cover Mike Williams hard. Uh, he, the dude is an animal, and with that, when that happens, when you've got them on on him, and then they've got to deal with Allen too, then Gordon can get up the field and and break. You know, not go back to his early career sub 4.0 yards per carry. So I, I, I rolled in with the uh, the Chargers at number six. For me at number six, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, Juju and James Conner I think are both going to be studs. Juju possibly a top five wide receiver in fantasy. I think Conner still probably finishes close to the 5-10 range, somewhere in there. Um, Big Ben... I don't want to say he's a big question mark for me, but I do agree with you. They're not going to throw as much, within, which in return is going to hurt his fantasy numbers some. However, the reason why I have him so high is because that means they're likely going to be running the ball, and that's going to go to James Conner. I do think James Sa- J- Jalen Samuels is going to eat into Conner's workload a little bit, but I don't think enough to hurt his numbers that much. So, like the Steelers a lot this year, they've always had a prolific offense. I think James Washington is going to take a step forward as well, allowing Juju Smith-Schuster to really not have to worry about being double or triple covered at times, like many people think he'll have to be now with A.B. gone. The Nerd Herd has... The New Orleans Saints at six. That is extremely surprising to me. Um... So Breeze, that it's all because of Breeze. So Breeze ranked at 27, Kamara at three, and Thomas at four for a total ranking of 34 points. Get into the top five now. Who do you have at number five? At number five, I've got your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh God, you're making me sick. I'm just kidding. Man, I believe in that Dak to that Dak to Cooper connection. Yeah, yeah, we know. You know we know. Co- Cooper's Cooper, yeah. Cooper drops a ball now and again, maybe more than you would you mean like. Like every four but out of man, five balls, every four or five balls man, is turf. You know what? Volume is key, man. Volume Next. is key, and okay, he's the unquestioned number one. I think Dak is going to have a career year passing yardage wise. He'll put up his customary six rushing touchdowns. All we need is for Zeke to get into camp. I uh, saw on Roto World today. Uh, the athletic, I think it was, said that Zeke has been working out down in uh, Cabo. He's down to 222, the lowest he's been since his rookie season. So, you know, he's going to come into camp in shape and ready to go. 
Uh, I'm looking for a monster year from, from all three of those Cowboys. All right. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you. As I'm looking at the Nerd Herds ranking, that's who they have at five two. So they are they you and them are much higher on the Cowboys than I am. Uh, maybe my non belief in in Cooper is is clouding my eyes a little bit. But I'll give you theirs first since you guys are tied. Dak with 17 points, Zeke with five, Cooper with 10 to give you a total of 32 points. For me at five, I have the Green Bay Packers. Love Aaron Rodgers. Love Devontae Adams. Think they're going to ball out. Uh, I like Aaron Jones a lot, too. I'm just a little bit worried. <laughs> Surprisingly, it seems like this is kind of my narrative with these running backs here, is uh, his health, his injury history. He just cannot stay on the field, and that is a big deal for him. I do think that he doesn't have to worry about Jamal Williams whatsoever. However, Dexter Williams has actually looked fairly good in camp, and according to the reports that I've seen, and then obviously in the preseason game as well, would not be surprised if Dexter Williams carves himself out a little bit of a role here eventually. Aaron Jones, though, can catch the ball out of the backfield. Decent runner just needs to stay on the field, uh, and I think all three will have a phenomenal year. Who do you have at number four? Well, at number four, I got your second favorite team. Uh, well, I don't know. You're, with your second favorite running back, the Minnesota Vikings. Gotcha. Okay. I believe in Dalvin Cook this year. You know, I think Diggs is going to be up there. Cousins, Cousins is going to produce with Diggs and Thielen. Uh, I do think Diggs is the better of the two, and I think Diggs is going to have the better year. You know, he's going to push, be in the 90-catch, 1,200-yard range, um, six-touchdown kind of kind of year. But I, I'm, I'm all in on Dalvin Cook this year. I mean, you know, 1,260 receptions, 1,200 yards and 60 receptions. You know he's going to be out there. He wants to. He's finally healthy, and he wants to show that. Uh, you know those flashes he has shown are not a fluke. All right, fair enough. So for me, I have the what? My list disappeared. There we go. I have the Los Angeles Rams. I. I I'm not worried about these guys whatsoever. I mean, Jared Goff is a tad bit of a question mark for me, but I think with Sean McVay there, it's not going to be an issue. We've both talked about how we think Brandon Cooks is not only constantly underrated and extremely underrated, but going to have a huge year for the Rams this year, and I am not that worried about Gurley and his knee injury. Yes, will they probably back off the workload that he's had in the past couple years? I'm sure that talent didn't go anywhere. He, he's still one of the best running backs in the world. Uh, I mean, he just because he's suffering a little bit of a knee injury doesn't mean he's not as talented as he was. I think he's going to be just fine. Even if they limit his touches a little bit, dude's still going to ball out whenever he gets the ball. I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to have a phenomenal offense this year. At number four, this is what I'm talking about. The Nerds have the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton at 10, CMC at 2, and DJ Moore at 19 for a total of 31 points. So just one point under the Cowboys. So could argue the Cowboys could be right there with them as well as you have them. But the Panthers getting a lot of love, and I do like that. So let's get into our top three. Three teams left, and I've noticed you have not named two of the teams uh, that I have in my top three as well. So I know our three is going to be different, but I'm really interested to see how you have the top two ranked, unless you say that third team here. So who is your third team? Uh, my third team is the uh, Green Bay Packers. Okay, interesting. All right, go ahead. So, Well, you know, I, I like Rodgers. He, he's a bona fide stud. 
Aaron Jones. I, I'm a believer in the talent. I think that uh, he's explosive explosive enough that he, even if even if they only give him a 65% share, he's going to produce at a very high level. Uh, and Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Yeah. He's going to. He's going to be out there running the show. Honestly, my number two team probably could stand to be dropped a little bit, uh, but I'm going to stick with them. Ooh, interesting. So I think your number two team is my number one team. So for me at three, I have the Colts. Um, now, I granted, I did do most of this before we found out how injured Andrew Luck was. Um, but I still think even if he comes back in week three, four, he's going to be phenomenal. Um, I'm it's crazy that I have him this high because I'm not that much of a believer in Marlon Mack, but I just think he's going to get the run. Naheem Hines, I think, is a phenomenal running back, but he's more of a receiver out of the backfield than an actual running back, so I think most of that work is going to go to Marlon Mack. And I love T.Y. I think T.Y. is going to have, I think we've talked about it before, at least a couple more great years with Andrew Luck before he starts to fall off. I just love this team, love their offensive line, love that defense all around. I think it's a great football team, and I have them at three. So who is your number two? Oh, whoops, sorry. I guess I should give the Nerd Herds number three before we do that. And it is the Los Angeles Rams. So Goff at nine, Gurley at four, Cooks at 13 for a total of 26 points. So I I would imagine your number two is my number one team, and that is... The New Orleans Saints? That is correct. That is who I actually have at number one. So we all know who you have at number one, and I applaud you for doing that. I didn't want to seem too homerish, so I went ahead and did not put them at one. Tell me why you got the Saints at two. Um, in com- comparison to my number one team, uh, I-, I feel like Drew Brees, you know, the reason I said I could probably stand to move them down because – if you remember my quarterback rankings, I had Breeze down at 22. Yeah. And so that being said, having the trio up here at at two probably isn't very uh, consistent with that ranking. So I either need to drop the trio or raise uh, my quarterback in the ranking. Um, but that being said, I think Kamara is going to have a great year. They know that he can all that there's a cap on the number of carries he can have uh, and still be effective over the course of a season. Uh, you can't guard Mike, just ask him. Yeah. Michael Thomas is going <laughs> to put up a you know, he catches everything thrown near him, uh, and, and he, he can uh, he's a great route runner, big body, great red zone threat. You know, overall, it's just a super solid trio that really excels in, in putting up fantasy points. Yeah, so for me at number two, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, It was hard for me to put them at two, I won't lie, but Baker, I think, is in for a huge year. Odell is, you know, he does have the injury questions. That's something that you do have to look at. He's already missed both preseason games now due to this hip injury. Says he'll be fine. But in all honesty, at this point, I kind of have to see it to believe it with Odell because we've seen it every year. He's suffered some injury and not played 16 games. Uh, Nick Chubb, I think, is going to be phenomenal. 
the only reason I kept these guys at two. Again, part of it was a little bit of me not wanting to sound homerish, but also I do think Nick Chubb, while doesn't lose a lot of work, will lose some when Kareem Hunt comes out. Odell will at times not get a chance to ball out because we know Baker's not going to force him the ball, and if Jarvis or Higgins or Callaway or Njoku are getting open, he's going to hit those guys. So while Odell is by far the more... A uh, skilled player out of that entire wide receiver core doesn't mean he's always going to put up the most points. And Baker, I think, I, I mean, I've already said I think Baker's going to be a top three quarterback. So I'm not really worried about Baker's numbers. In fact, I actually think we might see Baker run more this year, and that'll increase his fantasy production. Um, he averaged five touchdowns a year with Oklahoma. I think that he, we could actually see that schemed more into into his game plans this year. Um, with him now hopefully being more comfortable in Freddie Kitchens' offense. The Nerd Herd had the Green Bay Packers at number two, Aaron Rodgers coming in at four, Aaron Jones at 14, and Devontae Adams at three uh, for a total of 21 points. So go ahead and tell me why you have the Cleveland Browns at number one. You know, expected production. OBJ is one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the game. You know, he, he's in the argument, and the only argument against him is injuries. Yep. And I understand it. I totally get it. But I didn't sit here and go through all the trios and go, well, this guy I think might get injured and miss X number of games. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of looked at it and said, of the 32 trios, and everybody plays 32 games. 16 um, games. Or 16 games, excuse me. No, you're um, the uh, who do I think is going to put up the most fantasy points? You know, now it's a little bit easier. We know Luck is potentially going to be out. Uh, There's still we, we so you know having them lower um, might be a reasonable thing to do. But I think Baker Mayfield is going to just continue to improve. He's one. He came in and showed he was one of the most accurate passers in the NFL. You know, Chubb today in practice just broke off an 80-yard run. He showed last year he had, I think, three long runs last year. And OBJ is a phenomenal player. He he gets open. He does what he needs to do, and he just makes plays. He catches everything. And uh, for that reason, uh, homerism or not, I went Brown tr- Brown's trio at number one. Yeah, so I have the Saints then, obviously, at number one. Um, You know, Kamara, I think right now you could argue over Chubb. I think while some wouldn't, I could argue Michael Thomas over Odell Beckham Jr. I I think, you know, realistically, if you go and look at their stats, Mike Thomas has caught more passes in his three years in the NFL than anybody in NFL history, and that used to be Odell Beckham. And the only reason he probably doesn't have more catches and everything, not even probably, is because he can't stay on the field. So that's why I put Thomas over him. And even though I think I not think I would take Baker ten times out of ten over Drew Brees, Drew Brees has proven that he can continually do it every single year. Uh, so that was the only one that I would not take over the other in, in the Saints versus Browns battle. That's what ended up putting the Saints at one for me. I just believe in that offense, believe that they're going to get it done. They're going to put up the points. They've proven it with Sean Payton. While I love Freddie Kitchens, and I think he's going to be a phenomenal head coach, we haven't seen it just yet. And so I do think that 
maybe what what happens to this offense if they do hit a bump in the road or something happens? I I mean, I'm just trying to give the hypotheticals here. I personally don't think any of that's going to happen. I think the Browns are going to have a phenomenal year. But that all kind of factored into why I ended up dropping the Browns to two and putting the Saints at one. Of course, you tied with the nerds there with uh, the Browns. They were the clear number one team, and it was not even close. Baker at two. Chubb at 7, and Odell at 2 for a total of 11 points. Again, the Packers came in at 2 with 21, so 10 points behind them. So the Browns clearly separated themselves based on the Nerds' consistency, or consistency, their consensus rankings as being the best offensive trio in the game. Very interesting to see how all this plays out. Before we cut out of here, we w- I do want to mention really quick, uh, we did talk about it on a previous podcast with the, with the new season coming up. Uh, based on de- differences with our work schedules, Dennis uh, will still be joining me twice a week, still still the co-host of the podcast with me. Uh, but due to some work stuff with him and me, we will not be able to record together on Mondays and Thursdays. We have decided on bringing in two new people so every monday now and and i'm sure at some point dennis will still be with us on 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 mondays if we can make it happen but right now it will be me and matthew fox you can find him um on twitter at nighthawk i forgot what uh 7734 he is the kind of managing editor of the fla blog does a lot of stuff with that we've had him on before to talk about the afc west and then uh for those of you that talked about and loved the games game of thrones episode that was who did that with me as well he's a huge movie buff guy uh he will be joining me uh, on Thursdays as well, along with Mr. Commissioner Tony Dwyer, Tony Dyer. I'm sorry, I was going to say Dwyer. Tony Dyer. I'm excited to have him on as well. I've not had a chance to work with him much, but he is thrilled to jump on with us. He is a contributor of the Dynasty Nerds as well. So him and Matt will be joining me on Thursdays, uh, mostly just to break down. Uh, the game. So our Monday episodes will be mostly focused on breaking down a couple of the Sunday games and then Monday night previews. And on Thursdays, uh, I will be doing a little bit of a Devi demo every uh, episode before those two join me. Then when they join me, we will be doing a trade-centric stuff around Tony because that's what he loves to do. And then Matt will do some fantasy movie league stuff as well before we preview the Thursday night game. So we wanted to throw that out there and let everybody know about those changes coming. We will have those two guys on joining me and Dennis uh, in the coming weeks of the preseason to kind of introduce you guys to them, but give them a follow on Twitter uh, if you guys can. Uh, again, I think they're going to be awesome additions to our team while uh, during the season while De- when Dennis can't join me. Uh, and Tony is at CommissionerMR on Twitter. Uh, obviously, yeah, before- I'm, ex- I'm excited for Matt to come on. Matt's who gave me my start uh, as a contributor to Same the here. fantasy industry. Yeah, I, was, I started writing for the Fantasy Life blog, and I, I'll forever be indebted. I agree. So when when that app first came out, we'll go a little story time here before we close out the close out the podcast. When that app first came out, he was the one who started creating that stuff. That hey, we're going to create an FLA riding team, and if you want to come on and do it. Uh, and I reached out to him, asked him if it would be possible, told him I didn't have any riding experience in, in the industry or anything that time. He said, well, let's – 
you're a big fan of the Browns, get in here, write the previews and reviews, give some fantasy stuff here and there, let's see where it goes. Turned into me writing articles for him every week, breaking down players, and then and eventually doing the fantasy rankings. I, I remember when I told you to reach out to him because he gave me my start as well. He's a great guy. Uh, neither one of us would be where we were without him. And 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 I'll be honest, we I feel like both of us have gotten a lot out of that since then. We we've we've grown to some pretty decent heights here already. I mean, you're you're you've got a lot more going than me, especially with the way that you help out the community. Oh, which no, no you all. you are. I'll, I'll I'll you know I will I will give you the props on that. The the amount of time that you spend propping up everybody in the community, especially on Twitter, uh, really shows what what a great person you are, and then also what a great contributor you are to the community. I I don't get a chance to do that as much, and it it does bother me because I hate, especially when I see people. Prop- Popping my stuff up, and I don't get to necessarily do that for others. So, uh, I mean, but we we both owe our starts in this to him. So when he reached out to me and said that he'd love to jump on, it was an instant yes for me. I, and I know it was the same for you. We didn't even have to think about it. It was right away. Yep, whenever days you want to jump on with us. So we are definitely excited to get him on, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I know for sure uh, he he wants to jump on with us next Monday, so that that will be happening, and then you guys will all get a chance to be introduced to him again. Although he has been on the podcast before. Before. Uh, before we cut out of here, though, uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you guys have, uh, not if you have time, please do because it would mean a lot to us. But Dennis, you have something very special going on this Sunday. We've been talking about it for weeks and months now. Let everybody know where they can find you Sunday afternoon. I am going to be at the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. If you haven't heard about it, uh, where you been? It's, you know, Bob Lung has put it on, putting it on. Dynasty Nerds is there. It's sponsored by Full Time Fantasy, uh, which hosts our our podcast network. Yes, Clipcast is going to be there. The Back Row Fantasy Show, Dynasty Nerds, uh, Ryan Weiss from the Fantasy Footballers, Bob Harris and Kyle Dvorak from Football Diehards. There's just going to be a whole bunch of uh, fantasy football content creators. Uh, rubbing elbows, giving you free advice, handing out free swag, giving all kinds of things out. Stop in, cost twenty dollars. You can go online at Midwest Fantasy Midwest FF Expo, uh, and there's a link. I think the website's actually Midwest Fantasy Football Expo too. Um, but you can pre-purchase your ticket, and if you use promo code Knights K N I G H T S, you'll get five dollars off. If you're anywhere within a few hour drive, it starts at noon. It's at Canton in Canton at the Canton Cultural Arts Center. It's going from noon to six. Feel free to stop in. I am excited. I also just had a I contributed to a, a mock draft that came out on SportsIllustrated.com. SI.com just came out yesterday. Ten team mock draft. I picked from the seventh hole. So uh, you know, hop on there, take a look at that, leave a comment. That'll be fantastical. Yeah, definitely check that out. That was a that was a cool mock that you got to do with a, a couple of the other guys in the in the full time fantasy network uh, that is is doing stuff for SI right now. So it's been been an awesome little thing to see that growing as well. And I, I like I said I, I've said multiple times I wish I could be up there with you guys this weekend, uh, and I plan on being there next year regardless. So it'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully. You guys get to knock this one out of the park, and next year will be even bigger, and I'll get to bring my my, my smiling face up there to, to finally meet all you guys, uh, kiss some hands, and shake some babies as it goes, right? So we'll uh, definitely looking forward to that, and I hope you guys have a great time. I can't wait to see all the pictures and everything, and then the after party that I saw Dynasty.
Dynasty Nerds is hosting, I'm sure is going to be a blast. So uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to go out there to that. We know we have a big following up in Ohio based on our, our download numbers and everything. So guys, check. It'll be well worth the 20 bucks. I promise you. Not just based on what you guys get out of the swag bags, but all pretty sure all the podcasts are going to be giving stuff out. Again, you get to meet everybody, talk to people about your teams. It's just going to be, you're getting to meet real life fantasy experts and people who really grind it out every single day in person and talk about your personal fantasy teams everything. They'll be doing stuff on the podcast stage as well. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun if you can get out there. Definitely do that. Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, we're getting ready to get out of here just in time for preseason week two to start. So enjoy watching some football tonight. Have a good weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play?